I hate cameras. They interfere. They're always in the way. I wish if I could just work with my eyes alone. Anything is an art if you do it at the level of an art. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 183 for the, what are we, the middle of May. <laughs> middle of middle May. Of May. Middle of May. Uh, yeah. Yeah, May, May, May. May it be a, a wonderful month. <laughs> May the Sorry. 4th be with, no, that was, we did May, that already. We already did May the 4th. Yeah, we um, did May the 4th. Yeah, we didn't have that when we were growing up. It didn't, it didn't start off that way. And Star Wars Day was like May 26th or something, because that's when, when or it's 25th uh, or something like that, because that's when Star Wars opened up. Yeah. But we didn't have, no one was clever enough to figure out that the 4th was, you know, supposed to be the force. Or we didn't oh, do the, the like internet that. did that for us. Somebody, the internet did that. Yeah. Bubbled so, up. Yeah. Yeah. Middle of May. And, uh, yeah. So welcome. To, hey, how are <laughs> I'm welcome. Hey, yes, it's fine. The, the days are getting longer. Uh, we had, uh, some nice, uh, we had a little rain today, which was nice. And, uh, so it's all good. I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing really well. Um, working hard and trying not to work in the evenings and stuff. Trying so, not to work yeah. in the evenings. And then yeah. dreaming about photography and getting out and got this oh, yeah. idea have for you, a so fashion. This... I got an idea for a fashion shoot I want to do. And I got a, I oh. have the, I have a model lined up, but I haven't, you know, she's Is like, it going to okay. be an out, outside shoot or inside? Yeah. Shoot? I'm going to do like a Peter Lindbergh thing. Ooh, Walk okay. around downtown and just do some pictures with her and, you know, very little makeup and just see, see where we go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for trade, so she can use the pictures for. Oh yeah, she model. can do whatever yeah. she wants with them. Yeah, oh, okay, I just want to cool. some have some fun with it. That's yeah, cool. nice. Uh, I don't know what's going on over here. I got a few things to talk about. <laughs> Something. A few to, things. A few things. Right. Well, yeah. So you know, uh, I made a zine. A zine. I made a zine. Yes. Now you and I have been talking about making a zine. Yes. And you've been trying to crack the whip, and I've been, I've been just cracking really the whip. not. <laughs> I got some pictures. We got some pictures, and I just moved them around a little bit. You know, like, you know what? I'm just gonna go do something myself. So good for you, man. Well, yeah. That's it. It took me two days to put it together. Because uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, that's why how you am know I waiting? It's good. <laughs> why am I waiting for you? <laughs> Yes. And it was, yes. Well, you know, not that, uh, yes, I do want you to get on our little pin board there and start yeah, shuffling I, pictures I around because literally it doesn't take that long to put the zine together. Plus, you know, um, well, anyway, what I did was I just, I, I think I was thinking about it, what we were doing and I'm saying, I'm not sure why I'm waiting. I want I've been wanting to print stuff. Um, and mm. that's why I'm getting on your case a little bit too, because I want to get this. Yeah done because we have nice pictures and, and actually I, I showed uh my friend gene he wanted to see the pinboard app that we were using uh, miro so yeah. um I, I showed him uh because that's all i've got on miro is the uh is our our zine yeah. picture oh, you showed him the one the shared one we're doing the shared one yeah oh, so cool. i showed him the fpo stuff that we're doing fpo yeah. means for position only but we're, we're using if anybody doesn't know this is this uh 
app called Miro, M-I-R-O, and people use it for presentations and stuff like that. And Ward and I are using it to sort of do a virtual hangout where we can lay out all our pictures on a board. And, and you know, rather than being in a room together, which uh, Ward and uh, Mark Ryerson did when they made their um, uh, rodeo book, because they were able to be together physically and and you guys printed all the prints and, and went into a room and looked at it. We can't do that because we're separated yeah. by time distance. and space, time yeah. and space actually. So, uh, I was going to use, um, this, uh, Mac app. Uh, what is it called? The new one Freeform that came out with the newest version of, uh, right. uh iOS, but, but you're not on Mac. Uh, no, so right. Freeform would work as well, but, but a friend of mine told me about Miro, and uh, you know you can do mind maps and sticky notes and all this other stuff on there but you can drop jpegs in there and move them around and it's kind of not endlessly zoom in and outable but you can do a lot of that and 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 two people can work on it simultaneously so our plan which one of these days <laughs> you and me are going to do this is get on the get on the horn here bring up Miro and we can, we can finalize the, the layout of the pictures in real time while we sort of talk to each other on zoom or whatever, yeah. and then look at this Miro board. So anyway, it's a, it's not sponsored by Miro. It's a, just a really cool app. And, uh, if you want to do collaborations with people with, uh, you know, idea boards or pin boards like that, it's a, uh, and the free version lets you do so far. It lets you do a lot. Uh, I recommend yeah, it. No, but anyway, cool. it is cool. And something popped in my mind like last week and I was like, uh, well, I've got pictures and I want to print and I've got access to the stuff and people, um, so what am I going to print? I wanted to do a quick zine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I watched a bunch of YouTube videos, which is, which is a good way to procrastinate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like watching, watching YouTube and, and is, is, is procrastination anyway. Uh, people in my neighborhood, uh, have been liking my pictures a lot, but I've been posting the minutia and stuff that mm -hmm. I photograph in the neighborhood as I'm sort of transitioning from street photography to, I don't know what else. So I've got a ton of those pictures and I said, well, I could just put a zine together like that. And so I posted right. this, you know, I'm pro producing a zine, you know, in, into my Facebook groups and everybody's like, yes, when it comes out, I want one, I want one. And oh, I was like, oh, cool. that's really incentive. So I just sat down for two days or like, you know, set up a night and I started, I actually went to, I worked until two in the morning. I was like, you know, my Apple watch is going to yell at me that I didn't get enough sleep. I'm like, screw you Apple watch. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I can, I can stay up till two in the morning once in a while. But anyway, yeah, it took me, I don't know, let's say, you know, eight hours altogether to put it, to put it together. And I used blurb, which mm -hmm. is in a sense also for testing what we're going to do is the blurb was one of the, is maybe where we're going to probably where we're going to print ours. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just, you know, laid it out and looked at it a few times and shifted around blah, 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 and sent it out to print and got it actually faster than they said. And I've got it with me. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's titled, uh, one, one, two, one, eight plus, let me, which is, let, let me guess what that means. That's your zip code. That's my zip code. The plus meant, uh, the plus means that I actually wander out around, I possibly outside the zip code a little bit too. Um, okay. So, uh, I just said a neighborhood walk by Antonio and Rosario and it's issue one. So I plan to have more issues and I tried to, yeah, I tried to keep it down to 32 pages and I couldn't, <laughs> I pushed it up to 40. That's hard. 
Yeah, and so I might I might re-edit it down um, so they can get the price down. But uh, it, the uh, blurb sent it pretty fast. I'm really really happy with the printing. Cool. Um, I kind of wish it was more zine-like in terms of like having the, uh, you know, the staple like a magazine would. Yeah. But um, that's okay. It, it it's it you know I don't know. I think maybe I could be able to get a better like double truck in it. Right. With with that kind of uh, binding. But I but, think it'll take abuse on a bookshelf better than a stapled magazine. I think so too. And I also think that like if I'm doing multiple volumes that they'll stack nicely together. So you'll see right. them. I can't print on the binding, uh, unfortunately, right. but, uh, you know, it, it, it does feel premier, you know? And so Good. my intention is to, uh, actually I'm going to go through it and re-edit it. I think I'm going to try to cut down a couple of pages which is going to be hard, but I think I'm going to do that because I realize I'm doing volume one, which means it'll be a volume two. There's always another volume. Right. The printing is really, really, really good. The problem was there was a glitch uh, on it, and uh, it was on the same spot on every other page. Mm. Uh, it's the same kind of shape as like these four little dots, and I was looking at it, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not on my pictures. And then I noticed that it was the same shape on in these four pages. And on Saturday, I got this on... Uh, I got this on Saturday, this past Saturday. We're on Monday here. Mm -hmm. uh, I I contacted Blurb and I you know sent them pictures of it. And within two minutes, I got a, a customer service response saying they're sending me another copy. Yeah. That they're sorry. I was like, on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So um, with all you know, I'm sure it's just a printing glitch. It's not. I know Blurb is a very good quality thing, and and the fact that they like got back to me on a Saturday within literally two minutes. I sent the email like at like at two seventeen and two nineteen I got a response. Right. So there was someone there. And they didn't even question it. You know, they was like, Yep, we're sending you a new copy. So Good. uh but the printing, the color is great. The black and white, I have a few black and white pictures in here. Uh, or a couple. Yeah, and the black and white is really, really, really good. Good. So I got the premiere version. There's two versions of the zine. There's the non premiere or the basic one in the premiere i saw pictures from the basic one i wouldn't i don't think i would want to print from that um okay. the details nice the color it, it, like you're not gonna be able to see this because i'm showing you know on a camera and then we're in a podcast yeah. but this actual this shot of a porch with an orange chair and a sort of a blue um a house behind it this it got the subtlety pretty good it's not exact good. but it's it's pretty good Good. You know, it's sort of like, how would the reader know what, Yeah. you know, are you yeah. still getting your intention across with a little bit of a, a difference? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think I would be, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> so we're, we're going to be joined by my cat. I, I know I didn't uh, want to mention him, but he's, uh, he's saying a lot anyway. Um, I, I recommend it. And so I was really happy. Uh, it costs about 12 bucks. So okay. I want to get the cost down. A little bit so that I can sell it, and I haven't figured out how much I want to sell it for, but I feel big, I can sell it for, you know, a few bucks. It's 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 um, I don't know, premiere. It looks yeah. it looks good. It feels good, and uh, I would definitely want to print with them uh, if we want to do our zine with them. If we're going to do black and white, I think it would be would be pretty good. So you had a good run with them with your book. We did, so. yeah, and we had uh, well, a lot of it had to do with the quantity we were ordering, so. You, they assign you an account rep, yeah, basically, yeah. and then you work with that person, and then back and forth with the proofs and that sort of thing. So, is is your book available on their 
uh, order like a no, print? no we decided not to do that because the quality wouldn't be may not no. be as good as if we had the one print one run oh i see yeah because if you're doing like you said you're doing a batch you get you get you yeah get a better quality control so they made uh um uh, we had some quibbles with the quality on one of the maquettes they had do for us and and they said that they would uh the account rep said that they would clean the printer out first thing in the morning and then they would just do our run on that one machine and do all of them all in one go. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. so, and that's, and the quality is consistent book to book, uh, on that's all great. the ones yeah. we printed. So, yeah. um, I'm probably not going to be doing like a big print run cause I think, I think I'm okay with them doing it as a print on demand, but yeah. I might do a, I might do a bunch so I can have, and, uh, you know, either hand out or, or sell in person yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, no, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm not going to worry too much about it. That's great. But anyway, it's, it's, uh, you know, I haven't done this in a while. I mean, I've printed some books a while yet, but the sad, I have to say the satisfaction of doing this, of looking at pictures in the real world and not on mm -hmm. a screen as, as really good they look on a screen, you know, um, it, it's, very satisfying for me to see these things existing on something that I can put on a shelf next to all my other books, yeah. you know, and that the, the fact that there are people who want to buy it, yeah. uh, as well, there's interest in it. Uh, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think it's gonna make me rich. It's not gonna make me rich at all. It's just, it's just satisfying that there are people who I'm always satisfied when people want to give their money to own my pictures. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's some of the same feeling when our book went into the bookstore, uh, at the camera store. Right. And then it's, we're right beside Martin Parr around <laughs> <laughs> the books. You know, I took a picture well, of our book on the, on the, on the rack with, uh, with the other books by famous guys and gals, you know? Well, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. You get to rub elbows. Actually, someone suggested that we have two new book, um, stores in our neighbor, which is actually kind of weird. I, people are opening up bookstores. I mean, I wish them luck, and, but they said, maybe you want to go to them and uh, suggest them uh, offering it to sell in, in their stores. Cause it's of the neighborhood. So um, I might, I might pursue that a little bit. Uh, Local color. Yeah. 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 You know, and I even got an ISBN number. On I know you got to get one of those. I got an ISBN number. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> so. Well, it makes it possible for people to scan at the till, man. That's true. Oh, that's true. All right, cool. Well, anyway, that was my photography news. So I have you? a little photography thing too. We had a contemporary of our street photographer from Calgary, a gentleman named David Marion. He's a Frenchman. Um, from France. From France. Yes, from France. So not mm -hmm. the not, not the French Canadian. Not the French Canadian. The, French. the real French. 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 The French French. And uh, he had an exhibit. Um, downtown there's a there's a shoe store the flu uh shoe store in the basement they have a a little gallery space so they'll they can put anything in there they can put any kind of visual art or sculpture whatever you want anyway he had the whole space uh, 61 prints i think wow of various sizes wow. all black and white shot with um his his camera of choice is a pentax spotmatic and really? he's got really? a 60 year old meyer optic uh, 50 millimeter lens that he uses with it on that screw mount Pentax. 
And he took all these wonderful pictures of the same place that Mark and I walk. You know, you know the, it's funny, you almost yell out, you say, I know where that is, that's on the Louise <laughs> Bridge, or I know where that is, that's like on the corner of 5th and 10th, and this is, you know, whatever. Um, so there's that kind of abuse of my recognition of the locale, I guess, whatever. Did the, um, did the use of the camera and the kind of lens make any kind of, like, did it have an impact on the pictures that you noticed? Or well, something? well, for me, it reminded me a lot of me shooting with my Pentax LX and my 51.4. You know, it's like, oh, this is filmy. This is, you know, this is like my darkroom, like the quality of the images. Mm. And he prints his own stuff too, and he's a pretty good printer. So, uh, so it was kind of, there was a bit of nostalgia there and that the, 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 process gives a certain feeling to the to the prints themselves yeah, which was, was familiar to me i wonder about that i mean because today you know doing film or even you know the past few years is, is a big deal mm -hmm. you know it's not cheap and you know you have to jump through all these hoops to get it done so i was wondering you know if there was something about that for him mm -hmm. you know, if he spoke about that in his uh uh, he didn't or something like that or? no well in his little artist blurb um that they printed on the wall for him it was about his his inspiration henri cartier bresson a mm -hmm. fellow frenchman um finding beauty in the mundane was is basically the thrust of the show um and it was uh it was fun and and you know, you meet people, you meet the other street photographers that you know come. I, I was there at the beginning of their, their opening night. Oh, you were? So wow. okay. so then there's all the people who who are really interested, friends with him and acquaintances and so on, and people from the camera store, and they're your people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's fun to, uh, as a fellow street photographer, to know you're kind of in a community there and actually schmooze and the reason why you're there is to celebrate one of your one of your own it was like i'm not i don't think i can remember ever doing going to an event like that and having those kind of feelings like you're uh how do i put it there's some people that were uh not really well versed in photography who were just saying oh i really like the way you got this picture over here and uh, you know it was just mm -hmm. and then there's nerds like me or guy are, are like, I see a lot of Ralph Gibson here. You're very deliberate, you know? Yeah, like, but see, that's a good nerdy. <laughs> I like that kind of nerding, you know? And he's like, uh, yeah. And, and so he's, he's promised, he's, he actually flew to Paris. Um, the, let's see, when was the show? The show was Friday. He was flying back to Paris on Saturday. And so he's going to miss the, pretty much the rest of a show from what I understand. Yeah. And it's up till June. You uh, sent me a you sent me a picture, a couple of pictures of the gallery, and it and it. What it occurred to me was nice to see that people looking at pictures on a wall. Yeah. You know, and taking that time. I mean, I know this is happening in other galleries everywhere, but it's nice to be reminded that that's kind of. Particularly a for for. To... Go ahead. <laughs> I was like we both froze. Well, I was going to say particularly, you know we don't see that that often there, you know gallery spaces there's probably a lot fewer gallery spaces these days and and the time it takes for people to you know manufacture prints and put them up and frame them and and and, and do all that and to yeah. see people interested in seeing it that way is is very encouraging so sorry you know particularly i was going to say just to follow on with that thought particularly in our little northern outpost here right like 
and that the guy who's doing the show is like an acquaintance. He's like one of you, you know, that's, yeah. that's a big deal. Or is um, Prince for sale? They are, uh, but there was no pricing or anything. You just deal with him directly, but you know, you could, I don't know you could buy them off the wall, but yeah, they're certainly for sale. There's a yeah. couple that I really, that, you know, really appeal to me. Yeah. yeah. So I might, I might go down that road. Yeah. Nice way to support your, uh, fellow street photographers. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's nice to, it's, and and you said it's in a shoe store, shoe store. Yeah. There's a, (laughs) uh, a guy who does these kind of crazy designer shoes is Canadian designer, Mm -hmm. uh, John, John Fluvog. And he's a patron of the arts. And so there you go. Okay. Uh, in his basement of this particular store, he has this gallery space. Yeah, somehow I was thinking of like a pay less shoe store. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, <laughs> none of those, none of those shoes. They're crazy. They're crazy yeah, shoes. Like, so, yeah, yeah. Not, no, not, so yeah, patron of the arts in a shoe store. That's pretty cool. And and to offer that space as a, um, you know, a gallery space to have that ability to do that is great. Uh, it's great to have that. So, yeah. cool, wonderful. It's wonderful to, uh, um be walking around and looking at Prince. Speaking of looking at Prince, I figure we go into our our main subject. Uh, first of all, um, this show will be broadcast or will be up broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Podcast. not a radio. It'll be podcasted. No, I'm going to publish it. It on, will be dropped. I think it'll be dropped. There you go. Dropped it's on May, drop. May 15th. And this was your idea to. This was um, my idea. It was your idea to, uh, because uh, May 15th is the birthday of, I'll let you say. Richard Avedon. Richard Avedon. fashion photographer. Right. And that we were like, oh, the timing is perfect because this is when i'll drop the show and so we're doing a little tribute to richard avedon uh, perfect timing yeah. but speaking about uh to lead into this speaking about prints and stuff like that well i'll, I'll start off by saying it, it i've always enjoyed his work but it hasn't been on my radar for a little while until you mentioned that you were listening to the audible version of his uh, of the um the biography written by what is it philip uh, gefter what becomes a legend most the biography of richard avedon and i was looking for uh, an audiobook to listen to and so i picked it up and and listened to it and it was a great great listen and i'm sure the read is great too but actually the 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 woman who was uh narrating it did a very good job and uh simultaneously with this happening i'm sure there's some connection uh the metropolitan museum was showing had a, a gallery uh, exhibit of his um, giant murals. Uh, Very cool. Which I heard about at the beginning of the audiobook. They talk about these mm-hmm. these murals and and how they were made. And so uh, I went to the Met twice actually. So far, I went with my friend. Uh, we went to go see it, and then I went just this past fri- Friday. Friday. I went on Friday again to see it on my own again, and. Uh, before we get into anything about Avedon, I want to talk about these murals so we can sort of wedge our way into the, into this discussion about him. Mm-hmm. But in the, uh, late sixties, early seventies, uh, Avedon made these, uh, portrait series of groups of people. 
and uh, used a very large format camera, an eight by 10 camera, and printed these gigantic murals uh, of these groups of people. And they're, when you look at them, they're maybe two or three sheets of film put together, printed on, you know, I'm not going to get the dimensions right, so I'm going to just guess it, but they, they, they feel like they're, um, you know, maybe eight to nine feet, uh, maybe 10 feet high. Uh, and some of them, one print has got to be at least 30 feet long. Wow. Uh, actually, both there's two that are at least, I think, 25 or 30 feet long in, in that in that dimension. So they're much larger than life. Uh, and uh, apparently he had printed four of these giant murals, and three of them were on display at the Met, wow. plus, a, plus a few of those other pictures. In fact, it was in the gallery, <clears throat> uh, the... the um, the uh, Besher Gallery, the second one with the uh, mm -hmm. with all the, lo the the long white gallery, right? There was it was in that gallery, so it was not a very big <laughs> not a big exhibit. Bad pun. It was a big exhibit, but it wasn't. You know, it was three murals, and uh, so the murals were of um, the Chicago Seven, which were the seven uh, individuals who are on trial, uh, for quote unquote, you know, um, inciting, you know, uh, riots during the, uh, what is it? The 68, uh, democratic, uh, democratic convention national convention, Chicago. Yeah. the, um, the architects of the, uh, Vietnam war is how they, how it's been sort of labeled. And then, uh, Andy Warhol and members of the factory, uh, his, oh, yeah, uh, entourage. Yeah. And uh, I'll put the pictures up from the galleries in the show notes so you can see what it looks like. And I, I think I shot some people in, in, on scale so you can see how big they were. But in the biography, he's talking about how these things were made because they're giant and you're not going to mm -hmm. just use a regular, you know, it's not an enlarger they're using. And apparently it took them a very, very long time to make all these murals. I don't know how, many, how long, I can't remember exactly, but it was like, either months or a year or something like that. Wow. And they had to do a horizontal projection right. uh, in order to project onto these pieces of photographic paper, which kind of looked like they were canvas, canvasy in a way when I was looking at the texture of them. Oh, okay. And they had to like glue them together in order to make these giant sizes. And, and, and I think what they did was they, they enlarged pieces of them and then, and then um, adhered them all together so they became one mural. And uh, it was funny because in the book, they're describing how, if you know, in dark rooms, you burn and dodge uh, yeah. on an enlarger by using, uh, let's say you were dodging um, uh, something in an enlarger, you want to make some part of the print lighter. You would use a, you know, a, a wire with a little um, flat, you know, circle yeah. on the end of it, and you would move your hand around to block light. Well, yeah. in this case, because the prints were so big, in order for them to dodge, the the uh, assistants would have to get, actually, uh, Av Avedon did not print these himself. He had someone else print them. But the darkroom assistant's darkroom, <laughs> it's like a, probably a warehouse they were doing this yeah. in, had to stand with his his or her body in front of the projection waving paddles. And I, I keep picturing, like, the, the you know, the guys on, on the um, uh, World War II uh, oh, aircraft carriers with the paddles. Yeah, semaphore. To, or yeah, semaphore, yeah. even semaphore, yeah. Yeah. To like wave these paddles around to, to dodge and burn and using their bodies too to block light out because these things are so large. Uh but anyway, these uh these three 
giant murals plus some outtakes were quite amazing to see in person. I was really nervous because these are the prints. You know, it's funny ones. to think about that because, you know, the, the museum behind, you know, in the other galleries, that's the only print. There's the Picasso. There's the, you know, Rothko is there. And that's the only one. Or the yeah. Jackson Pollock, which I actually discovered a gallery, which I haven't seen before. <laughs> and then, and like, I'm very conscious of those paintings being the only ones. But to go into the uh, Avedon Gallery and like the first thing, I, actually the thing I thought about before I got there was like, these are the prints. And there's not going to be any more prints like this. They're never going to be. So like, this isn't as original as, uh, you know, yeah. any of the other paintings in there. And, and for some reason that was really an interesting, that was a, an interesting way to experience the pictures. Right. Um, cause I, th I feel like I'm so used to imagery being, uh, you know, multiple, you know, the possibility of multiples and, you know, additions and stuff like that. But these murals, that's it. that was it. And, yeah. and they were beautiful. They're black and white and they were printed from eight by tens. So you could see uh, the way Avedon works is he leaves in the borders mm -hmm. of the film holders that you see. So you actually see the whole piece of film. Sometimes you actually see the little, the little, uh, holes from the, uh, from the, the grips that hold the, the, the negatives while they're drying. Oh, and so yeah. those pop in there, or you can even read on the side, a little bit of Kodak safety film slightly. And what's really cool about these murals also is the people in their positions and how they overlap between frame to frame. Like there'll be someone on right. the They're sort of like a triptych, but offset yes. a little bit, right? Offset a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So like one person will be in two frames, you know, a little bit of them, like an arm will be in this, in the frame on the, on the left, but the whole, you know, most of the body will be on the right, you know, some stuff like that. Um, and uh i don't know what to say about it i mean you know i'm just beginning to you know after listening to his biography and and sort of get reacquainted with his work and how spectacular it is and how monumental i mean that's in this case mm -hmm. literally monumental work mm -hmm. uh and the importance of it um i'm, I'm still sort of uh, i don't know i i had to go back a second time to look i wanted to get jazzed up for the show but uh, I'm still trying to parse the, his whole place in photography. Um, and you know, this was this certainly wasn't the pinnacle of his work. This was just one of the things that he did. You no, know, it's historic. That's where it, I would do. Yeah. It's it, a good it, intersection it's a, of art and history. Yes. He was yes. walking through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was I, again, sort of like getting goosebumps when I walk into something like that and see these things. Uh, and again, knowing that, you know, my, my personal life sort of crosses over with his existence too. It wasn't like someone mm -hmm. from some distant past, you know, there were, he was being interviewed on Charlie, Charlie Rose in the nineties. And that's when I was working, you know, in the stock photo industry and we were probably not passing by each other, but you know what I mean? Like we both in New York yeah. at the same time. So this is like, this is, uh, in my history, you know, in my background and that's very exciting too but i'm i'm like i feel like i'm just a novice getting to to know his work more and it's a great introduction if you're in new york i think i don't know when it's up till when when how long the show is up uh but if you're in new york and you can go to the met to see this stuff uh it, this stuff does not come out that often in fact i don't know when the last time these murals were were seen 
uh, all at once. And so if you get a chance to go see them, uh, or if they if it travels, if it goes to someplace else, I would suggest go see it. Even if you don't know Abaddon's work, to see images like this presented this way is a is a worthwhile experience. So, so I'm still kind of I'm still kind of working on how I feel about it. Um, I do know that there's something very compelling about looking at these groups of people in this format, knowing their place in history. Like you said, the historical. Um, uh, thing they're not just ordinary folks uh, right. unlike some of the other work that he's done later in the american west which we can talk about uh, a little later uh this is important you know important people in important times you know right and uh you know it also made me think like would anybody ever do this again like could this ever be done again uh would there be someone like an avidon uh, or is he just a product of his time and, the, and, and you know, and where photography was uh, while he was, uh, um, you know, transitioning from a fashion photographer to a, a celebrity photographer to a fashion photographer? I was just going through all that in the period of time that, that the photography was going through its trying to be taken seriously as an art form. You know, um, today we sort of. We, we, we take uh, that for granted. Yeah. yeah, we take that for granted. But he was growing. He's doing this in a time when it wasn't, you know, and no. he's sort of fighting for it. And so I, you know, I look at this work and I think about, will we ever see something like this again? Will there ever be a time where this kind of a work like this, not literally like this, but a, a, a monumental work, will will have some significance? And I, 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 you know, I can't predict the future, of course, but you know, I, there's there's some part of me that says, no, this is a very special time. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we have his work, so if we can start We do there. have his work, yeah. And uh, uh, just to step off, I mean, you know, we both listened to the um, to the biography. You know, he's a, uh, this, his background led him to what he ended up doing, right? His relationship with the women, his life, his, his sister, um, uh, you know, his models early, earlier on. Uh, in the forties and, and up through they, you know, he came up with his own ideas of what beauty is and what you should put around your subject and different scenarios and locales where you would do your shooting. Um, all of that stuff that he, that he honed, you know, really led him to that stuff that he, that he created in the sixties and he was there. It was the right place at the right time with the right people. Um, it, the, the, his, his, I don't want to go too much into his, um, history and his biography. Cause first of all, if anybody's interested, you should read the book or listen to the audio tape. It's just, it's a really great story. Uh, and, but I, I do want to sort of touch into the different segments of his career a little bit. I mean, he's, 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 he's sort of shifted a lot. Um, mm -hmm. but always sort of maintained some level of artistic capabilities within even the commercial work that he was done. Cause he, he did a lot of commercial work. Most of his, yeah. I would say the majority of his work was probably commercial, mm -hmm. commercial oriented. Um, but he always still seemed to maintain this ability to like, can you imagine like going to a job and someone says, okay, well, you got to photograph 
you know, these people, you know, in a cafe or something like that. And, and you go and you shoot it and they like, great. And they put it in the magazine fine. But like to be a kind of photographer where you do that and it comes out not only as fulfilling the assignment, but as a beautiful photograph, right? It's like worthy of, you know, a gallery or something like that. That's what he seemed to be able to bring to all the different, you know, if we break it down, maybe he had three different careers in his lifetime, you know, the, Mm-hmm. the fashion the 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 celebrity photography and i hate saying it like that but i don't know what else yeah. until we can do it better and then maybe then the fine art you know the into the west stuff that he did yeah uh and but but maintaining that or you know building up to it like hearing his his arc you know coming from you know how he got his first camera and then how he was in the merchant marine photographing people and whether or not all those you know, passport type photographs that he did of uh, other merchant Marines led to his style of photography with, you know, white backdrops and mm-hmm. portraits. Yeah. I have to imagine it did have to contribute a little bit, but that, that rise from that to, you know, having lived, you know, with his, his father being in sort of the fashion industry. So being, being surrounded by that and, and like covering his wall with pictures to then be able to like, get to that place where you know the 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 guy can't make a bad picture the guy yeah make something compelling he can bring it yeah he can bring it all the time and it's you know and i I think you know we were watching there's a couple of charlie rose interviews with him which i'll link in the uh, it's on youtube i'll link in the show notes uh and you were saying that he seems to be aware of that (laughs) yeah like his own place tell speak about that a little bit well the well the express well the expression i used with you i think in the chat uh today was that he he kind of bought into his own myth sometimes (laughs) yes like when i was nine years old i knew i always knew you know when he starts talking like that i you know yeah i got my books when i was 11 and stuff but he was like (laughs) there was this grand uh this grand i am talking now kind of uh imperiousness is too strong a word but it's sort of like you're listening to me now and i kind of <laughs> you know in, in a lot of ways he certainly earned it you know like we should listen to him because look at the work that he's created but uh he was he was he was really good at, at um uh aside from the you know that kind of grandness that he has uh or he had um, his ability to compartmentalize the conversation to say, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I might have feelings about a certain subject or about women, but in the moment when I was shooting, it was really just about this. I was making the customer happy. It was, you know, he was able to like, no, you can talk about all of this emotional and historic breakdown and stuff, but really he was in a lot of ways, he was just a working photographer like everybody else who could bring this huge you know creativity um to uh to the product he was uh, he was creating so i just thought i thought that was kind of interesting and a little, a little funny and people don't talk like him anymore you know they, in what way what do you mean well they just don't just the um uh, kind of the artist emeritus kind of personality i don't i don't i don't hear that sort of um that sort of tone from people who are artists. 
I really don't. I think, uh, I, you know, when I'm talking to to my friend David Marion at the, the gallery show that I went to, um, he's got a funny little picture of three uh, little boys, perhaps nine or ten years old, all done up in their skateboard gear, and there's a sticker on the front of the one of the kids' helmets that says, "I have no idea what I'm doing." And and he says, "That's me. That's me." <laughs> you know, the picture I took is like, "I have no idea." You know, we're we're all like self-effacing and whatever. There isn't a grandness. We're going through this. Uh, and, and even pro, other pro photographers, yes, they they make their clients happy and everything, but it's kind of a journey with with Avedon and some of these other artists. Joseph Karsh was another one. It's sort of like, you know, there was a point where you felt like you arrived and you're picking me, you're hiring me to do this gig, so I'm going to do it. And it was that that it, that's really what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit different from since, you know. You know, as you're saying that, I begin to wonder if, like, he if he was not born, and actually because it's his birthday, it'll be his hundredth birthday. Yeah, he was born in on May fifteenth, nineteen twenty three. So, uh, happy birthday, Dick! Um, yeah, and I uh, hope your uh, cosmic journey is uh, is taking you to great places. But you know, if he was born a little bit later in time or a little bit earlier in time would he you know we can never this is just a mind game would he have turned out the way he turned out and was he just a product of his time uh, when you hear his arc and again where he was born who his parents were and how his how his uh, father treated him and uh, where he grew up uh, you know in new york city uh, surrounded by all the stuff like it's just the, like the timing i wonder if the times helped make him and then there was sort of a feedback loop because he was helping to make the times as well mm-hmm. you know in in his uh, and i really do want to do a show on on fashion and celebrity photographers because that's for me that's one of those hidden loves i you know i love that kind of work and when i'm re sort of re-examining his work again for you know just getting into him again and realizing boy i really like that kind of work that mm-hmm. kind of stuff but I just wonder if that he he helped make the times and the times helped make him and so he was very much like so we can forgive him maybe if that's the case for being very aware of who he is and and uh, speaking of himself almost in a way like a third person third like person speaking, yeah. like like he's talking about somebody else's importance yeah and uh, like you know I I've, I've mentioned this to, you know in classes and to friends before but like you know the photography that we do is is bigger than us right it's um Mm. you know maybe we're not always aware of it maybe not every picture that we do is but but i always like to think that our photography is going to survive us and 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 outlast into the future and and tell people about how we're living today Mm -hmm. avidon seems to be someone who was very aware of that and also creating that dynamic Mm -hmm. uh you know with his photography and in the world and 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 the circles that he he surrounded himself with uh you know, and so there's this sort of feedback loop, and and so I can forgive him for speaking like that. I know, like maybe we don't hear I it don't, today. I, my, I was not, you know. Yeah, no, I don't think it was you not were a negative. either. It was just, it was amusing. But I could see pe- yeah, but know. I could see people like you know maybe today, younger people saying, "Who's that guy? He's so full of himself." You know, and yeah. sometimes you can say, "Well, yeah," and you know, if anybody deserves to be full of himself, maybe Richard Avedon is, yeah. is one of those people because not only you know he might be taking from us when he's doing that, but look at what he's given us. 
yeah. like the the body of work you know i'm walking around these giant murals and and it's sort of it's a gift from yeah. from him and his, and his ability to me directly i you know to be that to be on this end of something like that is is uh, um it's just a, uh, an incredible place to be so uh, anyway uh it, it is funny to listen to him talk and it's really funny to 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 uh to hear his biography and and his personality as much as a biography can bring out someone's personality yeah well, it was um, good to hear his voice his actual voice in it is actually Rose good Air. to hear his voice yeah you know and you know his life story is so intertwined with this photography those two things are are are, are not separate one of the great things he said in the interview which which i, I uh I thought was just you know what sounds so cliche in a way is is you know basically to show up to do the work like do the work every day like he was someone who got up and he said he mm -hmm. loved to do photography every single day he was up before everybody else and uh that's what he did and in order for you to get in order for him to get better he had to do photography every day uh and you know it's so apparent when you look at his work as and, and again he started off actually at quite a high level and look at his early work i'm like oh that's pretty good yeah <laughs> you know but to hear that from someone like him who's like just i'm going to do this every day uh mm -hmm. is is a um you know it's an inspiring kind of thing it's like well you know i'm, I'm not going to become an avidon but i certainly can work at my art every day and and uh and, and get better at it you know it was funny the one thing where he was saying he took a picture of the uh the svelte model was leaping or something was was the way she had stepped off the curb in a very stylish way and he captured it and then uh, you know after the magazine came out he was seeing women of all shapes and sizes jumping off the curb the same way as this woman did in his print in his, you know in his ad and or whatever it was his his photograph and he thought you know so he was really feeling that he was doing something there yeah. but uh there was that was kind of uh i thought that was kind of cute that he he could feel the influence he was having on on the readers of his magazine yeah that wow that's that, can you imagine again that's got to be feeding his i mean he didn't yeah. seem overly egotistic i just think he, he's aware of his and there's nothing know. about that about that aspect of him that would stop you from being interested in the guy and have keeping a conversation right, exactly with him, right? yeah you know yeah. you would just be like okay you know he's got a quirk well, you know speaking of his conversations he was he when he was talking to charlie rose he was saying this is how he talks to his subjects you know he will get them in front you know his, his main style of portraiture that he settled on was eventually putting people in front of white backdrops so there was nothing in the background to distract from the subject and of course right. he's shooting all black and white work uh, I, he, I, he did some color work later on, but I don't want to talk about that right now. Um, and so all you're presented with is, is the person and, uh, and the way he is interacting with them on the, in the studio or the location that he's shooting in, uh, is actually a very important part of the production of the photo. Mm -hmm. Uh, his career started off with, he was shooting and this is where camera equipment actually makes some difference because uh, he you know part of the evolution of his style was that you know when he was photographing he started photographing on portraits but go back in time he was doing the uh, the fashion stuff he was shooting with a twin lens reflex so a camera with two lenses uh, one is for the film and one is for the viewfinder 
And in order for you, this is for people who don't know this already, so I'm sure most of you do, but uh, when you're shooting with it, you have to look down into the viewfinder. And so you're not facing your, your, uh, your subject while you're photographing, you're looking down into a viewfinder. You can see them in the viewfinder. The, the viewfinder doesn't block um, black out when you take a picture. So you can see exactly what you're taking a picture of, but your head is sort of pointed down to your stomach, you know, or if you're on a tripod, you're looking down on it. And he realized that sort of took him away from connecting with anything about the, uh, the person he's photographing. And so eventually he moved to, um, I think it was an eight by 10 Deerdorf camera. So view an eight camera. by 10 view camera field, I think it was a field camera. Okay. Um, so I, I think, I don't think it was, you know, there's a difference between the view camera and a field camera. Yeah. Field cameras, um, are field cameras are wood. Yeah. Wood. And they can sort of fold up a view camera would be on a rail with, uh, yeah. the bellows I, so i don't know but i know that a deerdorf is a field camera and what that allowed him to do first of all an eight by ten is a giant piece of film and you, you you you're able to line up your shot by looking through the back of the camera with the cloth over your head but when it comes time to take the picture you're putting in a, a, a film holder with a piece of film you're taking the slide out to to open the film up to be exposed but you're not looking through the camera at the time and so he made this point of standing next to the camera engaging with his subject and then finding the, the moment that he can then capture them with the camera mm -hmm. uh and it was a lot different than shooting even the way we're shooting these days with dslrs or or looking with the lcd screens um there's there's not a lot of similarities in in the kind of photography we do today uh, unless you're doing like what uh, Shane is doing, you know, also with the, the wet plate collodion, because you're using also a view camera yeah. style device and you can't look through it while you're taking a picture. So you do have to stand next to it and sort of guide your stuff. So that became a very important way for him to connect with his subjects and find the perfect time. There's the, anyway, that's, it's a, and, and so that is reflected in his work. Like when you know that, you know that he's in some sort of relationship with the people on the other end of the camera and you know that he's not just looking he's not just taking a picture no you know he's not just recording anything he's he there's something else going on and when you know that the pictures also then begin to emote something more so. right and and this is the um he does he did several things really well one is capture some essence of the subject. And it was interesting that one conversation with uh, Charlie Rose, where he said, you can't get everyone. There's no way to get everyone in, in, or sorry, every aspect of a person's personality into the one image. You just, you're, you're taking a facet of that person and, you know, hopefully it's interesting that that's me editorializing. Mm -hmm. So he does that and he captures something of the person of the subject. And then he makes, he still makes it about photography, right? He leaves the, the marks of the film and the, and the film holder in there. And in the, in the, um, uh, and you were saying in the murals, the same thing. It's like, this is a photograph and it's sort of like, this is a photograph of, of, of the, of the subject. We've, we captured the subject. It's in this ethereal box of <laughs> visual whatever you know it's a it's um it becomes a precious a precious object the print mm -hmm. 
you know, the final thing is, is a precious object. It's not mere capturing. It's a whole lot of human endeavor, thought, and alchemy mashed together into this thing that uh, definitely greater than the sum of the parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that hit me with Avedon, like from the beginning. Like, there's a different spin on this guy. There's something. There's some other, some other energy afoot here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The um, when you were talking about that, the the there's something that he said. All we just watched this 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 thing with uh, Charlie Rose. It just popped up, and so that's why it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, uh, but he. Uh, talked about well actually when you look at these murals that he shot and knowing some of the background of it like how much time did he have in the making of it like the the architects of the vietnam war he didn't have a lot of time he had to bring his whole uh studio set up to saigon and I, I don't know where he set it up or whether it was in the embassy or something like that and and these are very important people the you know four-star general and a bunch of other you know, uh, I don't know how you would categorize these people, but you know, again, they call them the architects of the, the, the Vietnam war. They don't have time to be photographed. <laughs> no. And so he only has this few minutes to, to, you know, he had to pre-visualize what he was going to set up and, you know, understand where, who was going to place where, but when they get in there, he only has a few minutes to do that. And one of the things he likes to say is that he, um, he, uh, um, he likes to pull back sometimes when he's photographing and let the subject sort of present themselves where he is not, you know, directing them or not engaging them, you know, uh, you know, people who he doesn't have any feelings for these politicians, he doesn't really care about. And, Mm. and yet, so there's this dance, even, you know, there's a give and a take between the photographer Avedon and the subjects and they're, he's engaging them or he's pulling back and he's being subjective or he's, uh, being objective it, 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 or, or both. Uh, and yet he's still able to capture, uh, some essence from the subject. And right. he's also famous for saying that the pictures are not about the subjects. They're about him. They're mostly, you know, his portraits, which is an interesting way to, to well, Ansel Adams used to say there's two things. Uh, was it Adams? Who said it? Yeah. Or something like about the most important things that there was, but there were two things. There's the subject and the photographer and they're in, they're always in the picture. In every picture. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that's, uh, you know, uh, that's one of his powers, uh, powers to make him sound like he's some magician. He's not, you know, but, uh, the, uh, the, the power of his photography comes out, uh, in, in this sense of being able to get some essence of somebody uh, you know, and then, and they're not very flattering pictures, you know, people, you know, flattering, you know, porches of people, you expect them to look nice and they're retouched and everybody, the, the lighting is nice and his lighting is not, you know, it's, it's kind of flat and straight on. Uh, you see all the different pores and people, you know, the, the clothing yeah. is just, you know, how things were actually in the, in the shot of the, uh, in the, one of the, uh, people in the architects of the, the, the Vietnam war. There's a guy without his jacket on, and you can see the sweat stains underneath, oh, his, yeah. <laughs> underneath his shirt. I was looking at like, those are sweat stains. It's like realizing, oh, right, he was shooting in Saigon, so it was probably, you know, yeah. boiling there. But it was like, there was no, you know, it's not a very good looking 
shot of this guy, you know, with this mm -hmm. rumpled shirt and, and these sweat stains. So, um, but anyway, uh, what was I going to say about, there was a couple of other things. Oh, um, jumping, just jumping around here a little bit. There's that, uh, he's got a photograph, uh, early on photograph of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. And in the, uh, in the, uh, the story about it, I thought it was kind of funny. I wanted to talk about it because he was photographing them and there was no emotion on these people. This, the, the Duke and Duchess had just, they weren't reacting to anything that he was saying or doing while he was photographing them. And, and he finally decided to come up with this story. Like he said, well, and, and he said on the way to photograph them in the cab, the cab ran over a dog. And because the Duke and Duchess of Windsor have their dogs, they're very concerned about them. And they made an expression when he said that. And so when you look at this picture, it's something that he created by getting them to emote about this fake story about the cab that he was in running over a dog. And then wow. they've got this picture, maybe not a great shot of these people. I mean, it's, it's something, but, but there's but a kind of a bloodlessness to them. You know? Yeah, there is. And when you look at it without knowing the story, you think one thing, but yeah. now that you know the story that it takes on something else. And, and so, yeah, go ahead. That, that story reminds me of Joseph Karsh with the famous picture that he did or famous portrait he did of uh, Winston Churchill, you know, like the gruff, like he the said, gruff. look, well, he had the cig cigar and he said, would you, could you just put the cigar down? Like, no, no, no. So he, he Karsh grabbed it out of his mouth. And then, you know, <laughs> pissed him off, and he made the face. He was pissed, and he got this, this, uh, you know, this prime minister, British prime minister, with this resolve. Well, no, he was just pissed because somebody too. pulled away his cigar. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's a very interesting thing because then, then you know, uh, you know, someone like Avedon, or in, in, in the case of the Churchill, the picture is being made by the photographer. The photographer is yeah. is an essential part of the picture, and it's not just getting the. Uh, the uh, subjects to do something for him he's doing something to them as well yeah. and uh yeah, just see. one thing that's interesting i'm sorry the go one ahead, thing that's ahead. interesting about the duke and duchess here they look like they're peering back toward us through a window like they're trying to see us mm. like they're trying to figure out who we are or whatever there's a different that's a that's an avidon thing <laughs> i think describe that more like well like their their heads are close together and the Duke is like kind of looking, you know, you know, a little upset, uh, frowning a little bit, but it's almost, well, not, not quite like he's kind of squinting, like I'm, I'm, I'm staring in at you mm -hmm. kind of thing. What do you and mean? That's an Avedon thing though. Say more there's a sparkle to it. Um, there's some of the fashion pictures we can talk about later where nobody else is going to get this stuff like stuff he did with stephanie seymour like no one no one is going to get pictures like that yeah. um and i think there's something about where he positioned the camera uh with the duke and duchess the story that you i didn't know about that story um just a feeling it's a human feeling and it's bounded by the uh you know it's a very tight composition uh, the Duke's tie is sort of interesting. It's got a little kink in it just below the knot. Like it's, it's a very, it's like you're standing there and you know, they're staring through a window at you. I don't know. It's just, it, 
there's a it's human a sparkle to, yeah yeah and does it change you knowing the story like yeah it does a bit it does right I, yeah. it adds richness like the cigar story like people don't have to know it if they don't want to but if we're you know telling you know behind the scenes you know how did this photographer do this you know yeah. that's fine yeah. it's a little joke you know there's a actually um i pulled out a couple of shots there's so much photography about him that we could talk about and i you know we probably have to do another show on him but um there's the book that i want to get his his autobiography uh which i haven't picked up yet i don't know if i can find that uh i did pick up his uh portraits book that was from his show at the met i believe it was he never really got a show at the modern museum he never really had a full thing he always had something at the metropolitan museum mm -hmm. um but this is a kind of cool book because it's his portraits uh mixed of um celebrities and in the american west and it's done as sort of a pullout book so you get the murals the whole book is sort of accordion uh, accordions out with these uh um mostly vertical you know for an eight by ten kind of uh, uh portraits and stuff like that but uh I, you know like i said there's so many i could talk about and we could probably dive in on a, maybe in each picture but i pulled out one in our show notes um one of uh oppenheimer that right. photographed and he photographed in 1958 and mm. uh for those who don't you know dr j robert oppenheimer was one of it was the guy in making the um uh, atomic uh, bombs that um the americans dropped in japan in uh, world war ii and um and then there's a movie coming up by the way the, mm -hmm. christopher nolan's doing what i can't remember the name of it with uh what's his name uh from uh, peaky blinders playing oh, oppenheimer um it'll come to me anyway yeah well anyway uh which is funny because I, I I was looking at this, uh, I'm gonna, I can't get the actor name. Sorry, right. it'll it'll occur to I me. I know, but he point. looks like Oppenheimer. But this picture yeah. of Oppenheimer, he's not looking at the camera. He's got his sort of fingers on on holding his his cheek on the left. His eyes are very bright and wide open. And like I I look at this picture and and of course knowing Oppenheimer and what he said and how he lived a little bit and like to me it looks like he's got this perpetual look of like you know my god what have i done yeah you know and it's captured so well in this picture and it's this is i think he shot this this is one of those images that doesn't have the uh, black borders around it killian murphy huh killian murphy killian murphy yeah uh yeah so you know that's coming out in june by the way which i want to see it looks like it's a good movie but uh you know i can see Cillian murphy killian murphy having that same look like that my god what have i done but this Oppenheimer picture, there's, there's so much to it, knowing him, knowing, uh, Avedon photographing him. Um, there's, there's, it's not just this shot. There's so much energy in this picture and that's also a bad pun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just looked at, I look at that as very compelling. And the fact that he's not making eye contact with the camera, uh, which is unusual because a lot of, it seems like a lot of, uh, Avedon's pictures. He's making eye contact with the, the subjects are making eye contact with the camera. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, we're, we're anything. I mean, there's so much more I could talk about him, but I'm not sure if there's anything else we can go into and not drag this out for another couple of hours. 
Yeah. So I mean, so what are what did what did we what did we learn or what have we taken in as individuals about about um, about Avedon? For me, I would say, uh, I mean, I'm again, like I'm, I would say, I'm sort of a novice at, at getting to know him and his work and spending more time with it. It's very, for me, it's very compelling to look at and spend time with. But what, what I'm getting from, like, the combination of his work and and, and his in the biography, knowing his story, the time he's growing up in, is this, um, this, this first of all, that 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 the um, the art of photography, the, 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 the making of it, the making of the photograph mm -hmm. is as important as the photograph. Like, you know, to me, the stories that I'm hearing about how he's producing the picture and whatnot, I mean, it, to, that's, as, that's almost as important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so few of us who have stories, who can make stories that, you know, I hate to bring this up again, sorry, but you know, when we we're, we're battling this thing with AI imagery now, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I keep sort of holding on to is that there's no risk, there's no story in making those kind of images. There's just someone sitting in a prompt, but hearing how someone like Avedon or any of these photographers who go out of their way to make a photograph and the energy that they put into it, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of you know, like schlepping all your stuff to Saigon to photograph these, you got two minutes to photograph these guys, be spending yeah. all this energy. He had energy. to wait for them too, didn't he? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and all this energy and stuff is, is, and then, you know, it's like a pyramid, like all of a sudden then the, the peak is the photograph, but the yeah. base of it is as important. And like how to incorporate some of that into my own making of pictures you know how how to not just you know everybody wants to just get a camera and they want to take better pictures and want to make nice stuff and whatever but how to put more depth into the images that are being made uh so i don't know that's kind of a rambling thing but you know it's kind of like one of my little bit of takeaways that i'm, that I'm thinking about you know and 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 it's just because he's famous and he's got good photography like i think we could all benefit from spending energy and time in the creation of the work. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does for me. And actually just to extend what you said, I'm a little bit more negativistic myself. Um, I feel like, you know, the moments that he chose and the models and the scenarios and everything, um, a guy like me could never do that, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> Yeah, I, if I can't if I can't create images of that, I can certainly be influenced by them. But I have this feeling that I'm not going to be able to catch these. That the human sparkle is this expression I just made up tonight. So I use that that can capture that human sparkle. Um, well, so you, well, so go ahead. No, I was going to say you don't. You're just you're you're just telling me at the beginning of the show that you're about to go out and do fashion you know portraits of yes. somebody and so 
you're saying negative, like you're not going to be able to do this, but I'm not going to be able to do it like Avedon. I'm going to try and pretend like I'm Peter Lindbergh. <laughs> well, no, but you want to pretend that you're you. You want to, what yeah, well, can you I, do? It will eventually be me. That's true. But, um, Avedon is one of those guys where it's sort of like, you know, like Mozart, you know, touched by God kind of thing. Um, there's something, and then, and some of those fashion pictures, which maybe we'll do, a, you know, if we do another show, uh, oh, yes. we can go into a rant <laughs> about some of the fashion stuff he does where you just like, you go through those pictures back and forth and it's like something, something different magic, the alchemy, you know, the other mm -hmm, expression mm -hmm. I used. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, have, if I have any, I don't have that many Avedon pictures, it's the Avedon fashion book the silver book the thick one that's like 140 dollars or something that's got all of his commercial work from whatever it was 1956 until 2000 something like that um that's the book i want to own and i'm yeah. just working up the nerve to buy it um you know i love to have those pictures as influences and to and to to, to go through them and be inspired by them but i don't have I don't have the, uh, don't feel like I have the capacity to feel like I could do anything in what he was doing with some other photographers. I'm going to like, oh, here's how he did this. Here's how he did this. And no, I won't get it. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to be any good as good as those guys, but at least I know the kind of the direction with going with Avedon for me, he's kind of otherworldly. There's something mm. else going on. You know, as you're saying that, uh, I'm been toying with this idea. I probably mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but like, you know, I said, I'm transitioning. I don't know what transitioning means in terms of photography, but what's, what's itching me a little bit is to go back and do portraits. Um, and I've only done portraits quote unquote, when I was doing like stock photo, uh, shoots and studios with models, yeah. but I showed you the stuff I did, right? The yep. the last yeah. batch of stuff I did. And I showed it to a few other people, actually a friend of mine who I work with at Brick, who's a director and a cinematographer, uh, and actually I'll probably be seeing him next week. But I showed him that stuff and he was like, whoa, that's your work? I'm like, yeah, it's weird yeah. to look at it. It's like, it doesn't look yeah. like anything I shot. I should put that, I'll put, I'll see if I can put that stuff in the show notes just since I'm mentioning it. And if you know my work, you look at it and it's like, it doesn't look like my work. Now I was doing it for stock and I was, I was working with my friend and she helped me do the sort of the post collar and stuff like that. But I really mm -hmm. liked it. There's something about it that because it's not me, but I, I've had this itch to do this, especially since I bought the medium format camera, the mm -hmm. GFX. And, uh, there's been something about like, well, shoot, why can't I just rent a studio and do some portraits. So anyway, when I showed him to my friend and he was like, wow, you know, he's like, anytime you want to photograph me, I'd be happy to, to model for you. And I'd be great. He says, cause he's also an actor. I said, I, well, yeah. I can give him pictures and he's a really good looking guy. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, another friend who's at the shoot with me, he says, well, I've got a studio, you know, that I'm not using a few blocks away. And so like, you know, as I'm, uh, sounds as like I'm, the planets are lining up. I know, there I know. You, and I'm putting this out in the world. I'm saying this out loud because, you know, it, I can sort of be held to this, but it doesn't take much for me to set up a camera and a tripod and get some lights and then work with somebody in a collaborative spirit to do something like this. And I think I'm ultimately very satisfied when I photograph people. I mean, and when I do street photography, it's cat, you know, it's candid. Mm. 
But I, when I've done this with people before, it's been a while, but I remember having a really good time, just the collaborative energy of people. And, uh, so I might try to set something up with this guy. We're going to see each other next week in a, on a shoot we're doing together at brick. So maybe I'll find out when he's available and, you know, I'll see if my, I don't know if I'll use mono lights or, or hot lights. I'm not sure what I'll do, but like, wouldn't take much to just bring a bunch of stuff to, to a guy's studio, get a simple backdrop yep. and then just start doing some stuff and see what happens, you know? What's the worst that can happen? You know, yeah. not much. I'll probably take a few good shots. Great. Yeah. yeah but anyway, like, yeah. So having, you know, Avedon and as being part of the sort of the, I always say like the photo DNA, the DNA that's in my system and uh, as an influence. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could ever, I don't even want to think that I could become someone like him, but I'm grateful that someone like him lived and I can share the experience. Just like he talks about, was it Mankachi? doing oh yeah for him to, yeah. you know and and the idea i think charlie rose was talking to him about like you know someone's going to be influenced by your stuff in some point in the future and you know how did you feel about that but you know that i don't know there's there's something there that that uh and it, i i have to keep talking about his work and and i'm not going to talk anymore because we're <laughs> we're at time but i do want to put a, a bookmark into talking about fashion and we have to bring him back in here. And I would also like to bring in, you know, his relationship with Irving Penn because they were both sort of doing the same thing at mm -hmm. the same time, sometimes at the same magazine. Right. Yeah. And whether or not they were actually competitors, they were actually friends, who knows, but to, to put those two guys work into context, um, as well, uh, be kind of nice to say, but anyway, yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm done. <laughs> so just do, We're done. I do want to say, I do want to say it's his birthday. I'm going to release this, uh, drop it on his birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Avedon. Thank you for all the great work. So anyway, cool. where, where can we, uh, where can the world find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Ward Rosin Photography. Uh, you can find me on, uh, v uh what's it called? Vero. Vero. Oh my goodness. Vero and Twitter <laughs> as W Rosin Photo. Uh, and I have a small business called uh, Ornis Photography or NIS.photo, where I sell uh, lens adapters and 700 sans lenses. And finally, my fine print business, uh, the book, uh, the rodeo book that Mark Ryerson and I did of the 2016 Handhills Lake Rodeo is at uh, rosin.ca r-o-s-i-n.ca that's me what about you yeah, antonio ornus photos are unofficial, unofficial sponsor i gotta put it i gotta put a little yellow sticky up here you got all these cards you left here you got all these business cards i should just yeah just yeah put it hold it up don't hold forget it up right now ornus photo yeah so yeah uh vero am rosario uh twitter am rosario which is uh flicker i think i'm am rosario facebook rosario.photography um and where else soon i'll be putting up this picture this this uh, zine on blurb for anybody who's interested to, to look at it once i re-edit it so i'll uh, i'll probably mention that in the next show so we'll have a place to get that stuff and that's it that's all i can come up with that's you know all right. 
keep it easy. But I was really happy to talk to you about Abaddon tonight. It was just uh, that's the kind of talk I like. I like this is yeah. This is and the we kind really of just barely scratched the surface. We did scratch the surface. We... Yeah, and there's so much you could find out about him. Like, like I said, I didn't want to do a biography of him. I like just talking about the. Uh, yeah. And it's not like, just the amount of work, it's also the deep feeling, too. Like, there's the a lot feeling. going on with that dude. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show and uh, see you in a couple weeks. And have a good night. Good night. Good night.